Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here with me. Chris is not because he is floating in from the Atlantic Ocean this morning when we're recording, but he will be here later on this week. Simon. That game yesterday, huge loss. As good a loss as they've had all year because last week we were talking seventh pick maybe. Now we're talking top five, and it looks like it's a lock. A top five pick is coming your way, Miami Dolphins fans. Yeah, it was a huge loss. Um, It's difficult, isn't it? Because – excuse me – because – the two, like we said before, the two injuries clouded everything because you kind of don't know where he's going to go, and you kind of feel like before he got injured, anything lower than three was you're out of the running. But the injury, nobody knows at this stage. Will, will mm-hmm. he fall? Will he go in the top ten? Will he fall into the team? Will he fall? Who knows? Even Tua doesn't know if he's. You know, that's why he was asking the question: Will I fall out the first round? <laughs> Who knows? You know, and at some point, the level of risk v reward for the Dolphins when they find out a bit more, they're going to be like. You know, there's going to come a time where the fourth overall pick or the third overall pick is going to feel like too high because the you know doctors may say, look, it's okay, but you know there's a long term. What we just don't know, we just can't tell. Um, and you're, you're you're banking the farm on a kid who gets hurt um, or has got hurt, you know, quite seriously twice in the in the past couple of years. He's not been hurt more than Justin Herbert along the length of his career, um, or any other quarterback, I'd imagine for that for that matter, but. You know, these are the things that people will take away from the back end of his college career. Two injuries that essentially curtail the end of two seasons for him. So, yeah, it was a bad loss that looked like a win. I mean, I, I put in the WhatsApp group, it looks like the Dolphins are going to win this. 30 seconds later, there's a safety, and then the, the Giants return the kick pretty well and then score a touchdown, and it's game over pretty much. So, yeah, um, I thought they played well for the first half, you know. Second half, I mean, the offensive line was an absolute car crash again. Um, Fitzpatrick 
just keeps getting, keeps rolling, keeps rolling, keeps rolling. Uh, the return of Albert Wilson was nice. I mean, you know, five and a half yards per catch up until yesterday. Had a game yesterday. And look, kudos again to the coaching job. I mean, look, the, the four guys, Lyndon Stevens, Jamal Wiltz, Nate Brooks, and some other fella were, were, the, were the four corners yesterday. Oh, Nick Needham, who's a keeper. Oh, Nick Needham, of course. Yeah, Nick Needham. I thought he so, played well yesterday. He had that unfortunate play where he makes a great play and it turns into a 51-yard touchdown yeah, he's, on Golden Tate. With some coaching, and uh, you know, he's going to be a good player, I think. Yes. You look at the jump that he's made from preseason where he looked like we just plucked like a 57-year-old woman from, from Palm Springs and put her on the field and she was running yeah. around and never a clue what she was doing. Um, to now, he actually looks like an NFL player and like a, you know, a guy who can significantly contribute. Would you have him as a starter? I don't know. But would you have him as a significant you know, number three corner in terms of playing outside? Yeah, I think it he's, feels one like that's the, he's one of yeah. the six that get, that, get, uh, that get snaps next year, I think. It feels like it's ascending that way, doesn't it? So, yes. you know, we shall see. Yeah, well, the other picks were very interesting. Uh, Tannehill let us down, but it really wasn't Tannehill that let us down. Yeah, to be honest, it wasn't his fault at all. Yeah, um, it was that, an I mean, unfortunate pick, which was the most Tannehill thing ever. This man has to be the most unlucky player in the history of the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they go into the... He outplayed Deshaun Watson, Simon. Totally. They go in for the touchdown, what looks like the touchdown, and when he catches it, it looks like he's going to walk in. Inexplicably <laughs> manages to, like, bobble it up into the hands of... Uh, into the hands of the defensive player, then uh, into merciless, yeah, merciless's hands, and he runs it back sort of 60 yards. <laughs> um, and then the field goal gets blocked, otherwise, they'd have been up 10 nothing. Then Kelly Stills puts them up 14 nothing, the, the Texans. And then Tannehill marches them back. But you look at that throw there, the first throw of the game, backed up against the one yard line, hits AJ Brown for 64 yards or whatever it was. And again, couldn't have placed it in his hands any better. He and Brown are really putting up a um, getting together a nice little combination but unfortunately yeah, Brown, it feels like Brown it, as advertised yeah uphill battle it feels like for them to get to the playoffs now they've got to beat the Saints I so. and the Texans both games on the road so yeah, they gotta win out unfortunately uh, their, their yeah. path is pretty clear they gotta win out they gotta win the last two games and if they win the last two games very few things have to break their way but they do have to win the last two games if not it's a yeah. wrap for the Titans so that pick that pick I think is kind of gone that one's in the 20s but the other one is the Steelers, and they lose to the, to the Bills. And that pick now improves into the teens, possibly. So it begs the question. Now there's a big spread between our picks, and that, that seems inevitable. So there's going to be yeah. a decision to make. And the decision, I think, starts, I think starts and stops, really, because, with one guy, and that's Chase Young. We talked about him on Saturday when, inexplicably, he came out and said that he planned – or he didn't necessarily say he planned to, but it looked like he wanted to come back to Ohio State, which was the strangest mm. quote you could find. And then he quickly walked it back. I'm pretty yeah. certain. I don't think I'm reporting anything here, okay? I'm pretty certain he's going to walk it all the way back and will declare. Yeah, okay? yeah completely, completely. I mean, so, it felt like he'd had a couple of sherries when he said that he was, um, <laughs> he was going back to Ohio State and then sobered up and was like, dude, I'm definitely coming out. <laughs> yes. So – now that, that it seems like it's confirmed, no matter how much, how much Pittsburgh loses, but the spread is going to be pretty wide. So there's going to be a pretty big decision to make with yeah. that first pick. Is it Chase Young? I mean, it could be. I think you've got to get in front of the Giants for it to be Chase Young. Uh, I think the Giants would take Young. Uh, I think Burrow obviously goes number one to the Bengals. Very interesting. Boomer Sison handing in the Bengals helmet on the, uh, on the CBS set yesterday before the game. 
Um, and I think Young would go too. Look, I, I'm having this ongoing discussion. I'm just looking at my social media mentions. I think I've done about 800 replies already today, and I can see there's already 27 new notifications. Um, I'm having this conversation with people about schematics. A lot of fans out there, and thank you if you sent me a tweet, and thank you especially to those people who've been rude. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sent uh, schematics are incredibly important. Uh, you know, and there are there. Look, I, uh, how do you say this without sounding like you're pompous? Because I'm not trying to be pompous. There, there are people that watch the game on a cursory basis and just love watching the game. They don't really get involved in the X's and O's, and it's yeah. just a Sunday thing. And mm-hmm. they, they root for their team, but they're not really bothered about three fours and you know zone blitzes and you know you know outside zone running games and, and those sorts of things. And that's absolutely cool. God, I wish sometimes I wish that was me. But scheme schematics play a huge part in, in in how the NFL works, how college football works, but how the NFL works specifically. I had a conversation with Lorenzo Alexander about 18 months ago, and he told me that the biggest fear that free agent players had was being put in a scheme in which they didn't, that, that simply didn't suit their system. But the fact that they played well made coaches and general managers believe that their ability was better than the scheme, i.e. that they, would, they, they played so well that they would fit into any scheme. When Alexander came off that Pro Bowl year two or three years ago, he was then a free agent. And he said he was so relieved to stay in Sean McDermott's scheme and go back to Buffalo because he knew that that was something that he could continue to thrive in. Whereas he could have taken a bigger money deal elsewhere and gone and played in a system that didn't suit his skill set. And then everybody says, well, that's a waste of money. He's a bust. He was a one-year wonder, whatever, whatever. And actually, he's carved out quite a nice career for himself. The argument about scheme in Miami is that the Dolphins play a very similar system go the same system and in fact probably an even more jacked up system than the new england patriots do mm. the, the patriots care about all sorts of things but defensively the patriots care about this more than anything defensive backs they care more about defensive backs than they do anything else that's why they that's why they paid the big bucks for stefan gilmore that's why they spent all that time with now the dolphin secondary coach churning over looking for those uh cornerbacks that they find in later rounds who turn into malcolm butler who turn into jc jackson later rounds and free agents <coughs> excuse me they've got three corners at the moment who are probably as a tandem the best three corners in football mm. you also look at Devin McCourty you've got Jason McCourty you've got Patrick Chung who we talk about who Courtney Fallon told me the Patriots told her that that was the he was the he was the most important player in that scheme Patrick Chung not Carl Van Noy not you know anybody else not Gilmore Patrick Chung okay um Scheme is very important to what they do. So first of all, Belichick slash Flores focus on defensive backs more than anything. That's why finding McNeedham, that's why churning over all these guys at the back end of the season is really important because they're trying to find some of those gems. Secondly, role players. Role players are ridiculously important in the Patriots defense. Carl Van Noy, ultimate role player. You just have to go Adam Butler, ultimate role player. Just go around and find those role players. Chase Winovich is a role player in that system. He's a, he's a pass rushing defensive end. They do not have specific defensive ends as in the caliber of a Chase Young, to rush the passer. Why? Because I think they have more than nine different players with three and a half more sacks this season. They don't have a defensive end with more than four sacks this season. Why? Because the system is not predicated on defensive ends, bending the arc, rushing wide, sacking the quarterback. That is not how it works. No. Uh, and that's the difference that fans sometimes can't see, the ones that don't follow X's and O's. We need a defensive end. Chase Young is there. He has to fit. Could Chase Young fit in this system? Potentially, of course he could. He's very athletic. He's big. He's fast. He gets to the quarterback. He's an intelligent guy. He sets the edge pretty well. I had an argument with Omar Kelly earlier on today about how we wanted Jadeveon Clowney, but why we want Chase Young, they're the same player. They're not the same player. 
Okay. No. The, the significant they're, thing they're they have to say near the, the three it, yeah, player. is dreadlocks. That's about the, the thing they have to say. So Devon Clowney lines up as a defensive end. He lines up as an interior defensive lineman. He lines up as a middle linebacker. He lines up as an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. I'm currently watching, in my spare time, because I'm that sad, Chase Young's every single snap that he has played this season. I've gone through three games. Chase Young has not played a single snap that I have seen yet rushing from anywhere other than left defensive end or right defensive end. He's never dropped off into coverage. He's never rushed as a linebacker. He's never played as a middle linebacker. He's never rushed from inside. The Dolphins wanted to spend £16 I'll go million. Even further. In- I'll go even further. If we go by, by, by techniques... I, I've I've yet to see him in the three tech. He's mm. always in the four A inside yep. of the you know just inside of the tackle, and that's as far as he goes. Yeah. Besides that, it's five, six, seven, and as far as nine wide, I've seen him. I saw him against Wisconsin in the exactly. nine. So exactly. and that's great. He's amazing at that. And I'm not saying yeah. he couldn't fit in this system, but what you're doing is you're spending the second overall pick on a guy that you do not know whether or not he can be Trey Flowers. And trust me. Trey Flowers is what the Dolphins are looking for. That's why they spent 60 million pounds. Oh, that's why they tried to spend 60 million pounds on Trey Flowers. That's why Matt Patricia spent 80 million pounds a year on, on, on Trey Flowers because of what he does. And people say, oh, Trey Flowers has only had six and a half sacks this season or seven and a half sacks this season. That, I mean, he's not a very good guy. That was a terrible free agent sign. It's not at all. Trey Flowers has had a really good season for the Lions. And he's why? been, yeah, and he's he, been impactful. He's been impactful. Exactly, because he fits the system. He rushes from inside out. When I say that, he, what I mean is he rushes from a downline in interior down lineman position, he runs from defense, rushes from defensive end. He doesn't rush outside all the time. He rushes inside. He stunts, does a lot of stunts. He will drop off into coverage. He will rush from a linebacker position because that is what they want. And the most single most important thing that they want from defensive ends, and I've said it a million times on this podcast, is they do not want ends who will rush past the quarterback. Lane discipline is the single most important thing that these defensive ends do because it allows everybody else every other faction of that system to work properly. Watch New England games and tell me how often you see defensive ends rushing past the system. How often do you see them getting pushed out wide by, def- by offensive tackles and leaving a massive gap between the right defensive end and the right defensive tackle, for example? doesn't happen. It happens very rarely. And when it did happen at the back end of last season, it happened repeatedly to Adrian Claiborne. And Adrian Claiborne for three games was a healthy scratch until he learned the fact that you cannot continue to do that because what happens is it allows defensive allows quarterbacks to step up into that area and make passes or run and pick up first downs because you're vacating a huge area chase young's best thing is getting around the tackle and bending the arc why would you try and eliminate what he does best to make him fit a system again i'm not saying we won't draft him i'm not saying he can't change but i'm saying and i know for an absolute fact i know for a fact because i've had the conversation that within the Dolphins organization, that will be one of the key things that they end up talking about is whether or not he is a better fit for our system or a worse fit for our system. And therefore, we're not getting the best out of him. And therefore, he doesn't suit us as much as he would suit the New York Giants or the 49ers. Robert Salah's system where they have high ends that rush high because they have those three defensive linemen, Eric Armstead, DeForest Butler, and Solomon Thomas, who are active going left to right, as well as they are going front and back. That is the most important part of their system. It's not complicated. And you have Fred Warner in behind who hoovers everything up and Quan Alexander because he can get sideline to sideline. That is how their system works. But you cannot predict that Chase Young will just slot into the Dolphins system the way that Nick Bozer has slotted into the 49ers system. And this is why it gets quite complicated. And fans are like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Chase Young is an elite. He is. He's a great player. He's a brilliant player. Mm-hmm. But system is vital. And people have to remember that. 
Yeah. And when people say, well, you know, if you're a great coach, you make, you know, you don't get players to fit your system. You fit the system to the players. Exactly. It doesn't work like that. on Ludicrous. Ludicrous. It doesn't work like that on defense. And it never has worked like that on defense. Uh, the Brian guy, Flores said, yeah, the guy who was most famous for it was Don Shula, where, you know, Bump Phillips famously once said that he could take his in and beat yours in, and he yeah. could take yours in and beat his in. Well, Four years guess ago, what? brilliant. Don Shula, Don Shula never told Bill Arnsparger to change his defense. Yeah. <laughs> okay? They exactly. got players some to guy, fit Bill Arnsparger's system. Some guy came at me today and said, oh, you know, Don Shula changed his system when Dan Marino came in. They changed from a running attack to a passing attack, so it can be done. Well, it, it can be done, but quarterback is the most important position on the field, not yes. uh, not defensive end, for example. Um, you know, that's the first thing. Second thing, why would you scheme Dan Marino to play in a run system when he's a passing quarterback? Therefore, you are doing exactly the same thing as I just mentioned about Chase Young. You are taking away the best thing that he does. Brian Flores, when we traded Laramie Tunstall, said Laramie is an amazing left tackle, but it often feels like we were 10 players plus one. Mm-hmm. The offensive line was four players plus one. Laramie on his island being brilliant, plus four other players working together as a unit. And that's part of the reason. Obviously, the, the, you know, the two ones and a two were, were a big reason. But the fact that he was at 10 plus one or four plus one was a reason cited in the press conference that Brian Flores said that was part of the reason why we got rid of him because our unit wasn't as much of a unit as it should have been. If you're doing the same flip it and play defense, can you scheme in your scheme? Are you going to play 10 plus one or are you going to play 11 together? Surely mm. you want to play 11 together. This scheme is so important to what the Dolphins do, to what the Patriots do, to why the Patriots have won six Super Bowls. That has to be taken into consideration. I'm not saying he's not going to be the pick. He very well might be. He's a very good player. But at this stage, you have to look schematically at how he will work. And that's up for debate. Yes. And it's, it's entirely possible that if you are all in on Chase Young, that you do have to kiss to a Tungabayaloa goodbye hmm. because of the spread in our picks. They're just so far apart that they're going to have a decision to make. And if they do take a Chase Young high with one of those, with their top four pick, which looks likely now that it could be a top four pick, then you're going to have to package a bunch of other stuff to move back up into the teens because I don't know if you watched Philip Rivers yesterday, but it's the end. Uh, yeah, you know, we're here. <laughs> you know what like, I mean? The other thing to think about is that the defensive end position could be sorted out before we get to the draft. We've talked about it before. That's true. But, you know, Matthew Judon is a significantly better scheme fit than, than, uh, than Chase Young is. And here's something controversial. The Dolphins, I can guarantee you, will believe that Isaiah Simmons is a better scheme fit than Chase Young is. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be the third overall pick, but players are picked for scheme for a reason. Mm-hmm. Remember when we drafted Jamal Fletcher? Jamal Fletcher just won the Thorpe Award, had two fantastic years at Wisconsin, okay? Dave wants to drafted him essentially to play behind Madison and Sertan, maybe the nickel corner, the third corner, and yeah. then graduate into a starter. And be yeah, he had the very, the, the had the very famous quote where he was asked, uh, you know, you have, two, you have two all-pro cornerbacks. Why are you taking Jamal Fletcher? And he said, well, we're in nickel 60% of the time. Exactly. And he's going to play nickel for us. What was the problem with Jamal Fletcher? Jamal he, Fletcher he was, was a zone, zone corner. cornerback drafted into a, into a press man. I mean, try and find me two more press corners uh, over the last 20 years. You know, it's pretty rare. To, I mean, those guys were, Satan especially, was up in your face all the time. 
they were two of the elite press corners in the NFL. Jamal Fletcher had never played press. No. All of a sudden, he was drafted into a system where he was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So he was a bust, essentially. Didn't play very well. Now he's a coach doing really well. But at the time, he, he came into the complete, the wrong system. Uh, you know, and everyone says, oh, Jamal Fletcher, he won the Thorpe Award. He's a pretty, he was a pretty elite collegiate. For, I, I can remember him watching him play for two years. He was a pretty elite college defensive back. You know, the Greg, somebody else said to me today, well, Lamar Jackson, again, that goes back to the, what I talked about, about Dan Marino. Quarterback is the most important position in the league. Okay. And let's not pretend that Greg Roman hadn't already run the system that Lamar Jackson is running, essentially with Colin Kaepernick. But also let's not forget that Baltimore had a system in which it was run heavy with Gus Edwards and those guys, even before they brought Mark Ingram in, mm-hmm. which was heavy, heavily predicated on tight ends. And it was a jet motion system anyway. So all they've done really is add more jet motion and use Lamar on, on RPOs and get him to run the, run the ball. Something that obviously Joe Flacco couldn't do. Yeah. So, and that offensive line, that offensive line in Baltimore has had that same attitude, same disposition for, for exactly. Eight. Exactly. So, and look at the players that, too much. you know, Bozeman at Alabama, Ronnie Stanley at Notre Dame, Marshall Yander, the all pro Orlando Brown, you know, that, that offensive line has been, you know, they are people movers. Do you know what I mean? That system works because every single part of that system, keyword being system, mm-hmm. works together. They have function, Hurst, Nick Boyle, um, Mark Andrews. Do you know what I mean? Re- replace the running backs. They're three deep who can, you know, each one can do it. They've got the rookie, they've got Gus Edwards, they've got Ingram. They've got Hollywood Brown. They've got the long-haired kid they got from the Saints, the trade, uh, Willie, whatever his name is. You know, that, that is a system, you know, and it's a system that they were comfortable moving to because Greg Roman understood it and had run it before. So it's not like they've totally torn up the rule book. You know, I, that's just something that people just don't seem to be able to understand. And again, Chase Young might be a brilliant Miami Dolphin player and, you know, that's all well and good. And I'm not saying he wouldn't be. I'm just saying that at this stage, six months away from the draft, we have to think about how he fits because we've never seen him do the things that they will ask him to do. And if they're asking him to do it, it will take away from the best things that he does. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And as far as the, the system, and I've, and I've heard these, you know, because, you know, I touted uh, the run game that I really like the Miami Dolphin run game. Uh, and people say, well, pfft. You know, and they start laughing at me because, you know, we average like what? Like negative one yard per carry. Mm. I don't care about that. I like what they're calling. They're calling a lot of design runs, which is what New England does, which is what Baltimore does, uh, you know, mm. incidentally. If they had five people that could block, then Patrick Laird, you know, he'd have 60, 70, 80 yards a game. Yes. And design runs and people, have, what are you talking about design runs? Well, okay, it's not, it's not his own run. You know, it's, it has nothing to do with what the quarterback is reading. It has to do with five guys have an assignment. Your running back has a hole to hit, and everybody else has to be involved in the run game. I like that type of offensive system as far as, you know, calling a run game because it involves your entire team, and it gets everybody, especially the offensive line, it gets their their ears perked up a little bit more because they know what they're doing. They know who they have to hit, and I don't see no problem with that on the defensive end. I've seen it, and yes, you know, we're not picking on Omar Kelly here, but, you know, he – No, 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 too. You know, it, we, you know, we like uh, Omar Kelly, and I like him personally. He's a good guy. Yeah, I do too. He's good to be around. He's good fun. Okay, but he called the system trash, and uh, I, I'm sorry. You don't call double – that double nickel blitz was a 
And I called it a double nickel blitz. It was actually a double corner blitz. Mm. When Mitch Spiegel picked, off, sister, picked so, off Eli yeah. Manning. Watch what they do. They just don't have the talent, guys. They have maybe four or five guys that are going to be here next year on that defense and contributing. Okay, Jerome Baker has played well at times. Raquan McMillan has a role, and he fills it. But besides that, you have Vince Beagle. You know, you're, you're sprinkling in guys. Godshaw, maybe. Wilkins. But next year, next year you'll see, you know, 300 snaps from Beagle, 265 from Van Ginkle, 450 yes. from Wilkins, 420 from Godshaw. Rowe will play a lot. You know, there'll be another safety. You know, the, the corners will play a lot, obviously. But the, on that line, there will be four, five, six rotating guys, defensive tackles, in and out, in and out the whole time. That's what they do. Little role players just filling mm-hmm. significant little portions of that system. Yeah, and the way you judge how a, how a staff operates, and they did this in the preseason. In the preseason, they had that live practice where they had referees, and they were doing uh, substitutions. You watch them, you see if they're timely, and you see if they're, they're correct. Uh, have the Dolphins had any 12-man penalties this year? Can't think. I can't think of one. I can't think of can't one. Think. The, you know, I believe there was one yesterday, but they called timeout and saved. Yeah, they no, did. They, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But yeah, the, if, if you watch them, they work well. Patrick Graham and Brian Flores, they work really well as far as getting guys in and out and getting them in position. They just don't have the horses. They don't have the players. Yeah. So you know, I don't know what you know. And and as far as the run game again. You know, the offensive line, like, I don't, you know, every day that passes, every game that passes, like, maybe you salvage Jesse Davis, and you salvage Jesse Davis because you have to. Yeah. It's really hard to, to, I mean, to replace five guys in one off. I, I, I think you salvage Davis. I don't know whether he starts, but I think he sticks around. I think you probably salvage Julian Davenport because there's a swing tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not great, he's not good, but he's not, you know, he's probably better than, he's better than Jason um, Fox. Marcus Webb. Yeah, yeah. DT, you probably have to save, although I think he probably needs to, you know, he's got a lot of work to do. I don't think you cut him, but I, I don't think he starts necessarily. It wouldn't preclude me from from, draft, from signing Andrus Pete or, you know, I, I think they need, they need to find a left tackle. I, they need to find a left guard. I think they need to get a centre. They need to get one of those three centres, Biadac. Uh, Nick Harris from Washington or, or Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma mm. in the draft. I think that's an absolute necessity. Um, I think you could potentially, you know, on a good line, you could get away with Jesse Davis at right guard. And I think you need a right tackle. Um, you know, there are players out there in free agency, you know, to, to potentially do it. And I think, you know, replacing three, maybe four, is probably what they're going to have to do. I, I suspect that, the, you know, I think if you could come into it to the, to the season with a new left tackle, Andrus Pete, say, at left guard. Uh, Tyler Bialich at the centre. Jesse Davis at right guard. A new right tackle. And then have Dieter, um, the kid that's been playing left Davenport, you know, and a couple of other younger guys. Then I think you'd be all right. But I don't think you can survive. You can't survive with that, with that line. I mean, the fact that Fitzpatrick's made it through to week 15 is, quite frankly, astonishing. Yeah, and, and I've said it before on, on, on this show, and the model is the Oakland Raiders, and I understand that the Oakland Raiders are in complete free fall. But at one point, they were like, what, six and two, yeah. six and three? Okay. Well, they were the sixth seed three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, but the Raiders last year gave up something like 58 sacks, had one of the worst offensive lines. 
they went out and they got three starters. Now, you know, to be fair, they had already Colton Miller and they had Ronnie Hudson on the, on the roster. Ronnie Hudson is a Pro Bowl center. But they went out and they added three new starters, Richie Incognito, Gabe Jackson, and Trent Brown. And those three guys turned what was a terrible offensive line into a damn good one, one of the best in the, in the league this year, and yeah. leading Josh Jacobs possibly to the rookie of the year, if not Kyler Murray gets it. But, you yeah. know, Josh Jacobs, you know, he's going to run for about 1,300 yards. But look at, the, look at the 49ers, for example. They were second overall pick last year. Mm-hmm. You know, look at their offensive line. Joe Staley on one tackle, Mike McGlinchey on the other. But Staley, both Staley and McGlinchey missed significant time this season. And yet they started Justin School and, uh, and Danny Brunskill at both tackle spots. I mean, didn't, you can't say barely missed a beat, but, you know, they, they didn't lose a game. Or they lost to Seattle without both of them in the game. Mm. So one game. But and on the in, interior, Lakin Tomlinson, who was a former first-round pick of the Lions and who left in free agency, Mike Pearson, um, you know, and Ben Garland. These are kind of unheralded players playing really, really well for this, for this team. Western, obviously, Western Richburg went down with injury last week, week before. Free agent signing, second-round pick from the, from the Giants. But... This is the offensive line and that, that running attack, that four-headed running attack with, you know, Breeder, Coleman, Moster, and Jeff Wilson, plus Kyle Juszczyk who gets carries, plus the fact they give the ball to, you know, any one of those receivers, Bourne, um, who else they got receiver, Bourne, Emmanuel and now, Sanders, and now they have a screen Debo. game going with, with George Kittle. <laughs> yeah, and, and obviously the best tight end in football. I mean, yeah. you know, they've made a pretty dramatic turnaround. And that offensive line didn't just come together, you know, overnight, but they were able to just slot in some guys that they knew that, you know, were able to, you know, the job that those two tackles have done is remarkable, really. And so the turnaround is possible. The question is, can they do it? Is that, you know, can they, can they get the right guys? Yeah. And where are they going to do it? Uh, Like, are they going to come to free agency? Because that's going to be really expensive. Or are they going to do a half and half type of version? I think they've got to get their center in the draft. I think they've got one of those three first mm-hmm. round picks has got to be a center. I think he's got to be a center. I mean, Kilgore just gets, he gets shoved around all over the place. I mean, he got blew up, he got blown up, blew up. That's terrible English. He got blown up on that fourth down play um, uh, early in the game. Um, he gets stuck on roller skates. Shaq Calhoun gets stuck on roller skates and Dieter just can't hold a block. Yeah. Shaq Calhoun, I, I think he's, he's just too small, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's not, he, you know, uh, if he were a little bit bigger, he'd be an NFL player. Maybe he, maybe he needs some strength training. But yeah. there's a lot to like from Shaq Calhoun in a vacuum. But you can tell he's not an NFL starter as of right now. No, Dieter, Dieter has just been bad. Uh, there's no, there's no sugar. There's no two ways about it. Right. You know, the Michael Dieter has been. I'm not going to say it's a bad pick because you never know if he blossoms next year. And let's but not forget the Pat Flaherty sack because he didn't think Dieter was ready. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and and the biggest mystery this year was Chris Reed, who actually looked the best in practice and never got a run, which was weird. But, yeah, they're going to have to do a complete overhaul. They need at least three starters on that offensive yeah. line, and I'm not going to promise that they're going to go from the worst line in the league, and I do believe that this is the worst line in the league. Yeah. To the best. I think it's the worst five. team in the league, talent-wise. It's yeah. the worst team in the league. And therefore that, yes. you know, you look at the Bengals, the Bengals have got two less wins than us, but actually you look at their talent. We don't, where, where's our Joe Mixon? Where's mm-hmm. our Tyler Boyd? 
you know, where's our, uh, um, you know, Billy Price? Where's our, you know, Gino Atkins? Where's our uh, Sam Hubbard? Where's our Carl Lawson? Where's our Jesse Carlos Bates? Dunlap, Do you know what I mean? Well, Carlos yeah. Dunlap, William Jackson. Yeah, where are those guys? We don't have those guys on the team. You know, no. the, the job that's being done by the coaching staff compared to what's happening in Cincinnati is, you know, where's our Saquon Barkley? Where's our Darius Slayton? I mean, he's like, okay, he's on IR. But, you know, where's our Evan Ingram? Where's our, you know, all those guys at the Giants? You know, we Giants have a better roster than we do. You know, even look at the secondary without Janoris Jenkins, who they got rid of. You still, Sam Beal was a supplement, second round pick in the supplemental draft. Dee Baker was obviously a first round pick. They got, they got Covington. They, they, all these good looking rookies, you know, young guys, but, you know, still Antoine Buffet, still guys that can, that can play and that are significantly better than what we were putting out on the field yesterday. Yeah, they're going to have to do an overhaul very similar to what the Raiders did, which is about half the roster, about 33 players. You know, what they're trying to do right now is trying to find as many as they can salvage. And I think that there's somewhere up to around 18 to 20 guys that they can salvage that could be roster players. But you're talking about 50% of the roster will be overhauled this offseason. And, you know, in there – they're going to have to overhaul two, two units, which are the secondary and the, and the offensive line. But, yeah, back to the offensive line. Yeah, they, they need two new tackles. They need a center. And Davis, I, I, I got I to say, I never understood the, the, the tackle experiment, and then it looked okay at right tackle. But Jesse Davis, you got to say, is, he's been a disappointment as a tackle this year. He, yeah. he's, he's an NFL guard. Uh, I don't – there's no if, ands, or buts about it. You know, and Dieter, yeah, back to Dieter, he's been bad. So they don't have much to work with on that offensive line, but they're going to have to get going pretty I mean, fast. Joe Thune is the other guy, the, the Patriots left guard. You know, he's yeah. the perfect fit because obviously he knows the system and, you know, he's a, he's a Chad O'Shea, he's a Chad O'Shea guy. I mean, he knows what to do in that system. And, you know, I think you bring him in with a, look, what could be a rookie left tackle? Could be the, the Jones kid out of Houston. Could be Austin Jackson at USC. Could be whoever. You know, maybe they go into free agency. Maybe they bring in Costanzo or somewhere, but I doubt it. You know, yeah. but you know that's kind of what they, you know, that's kind of what they need. And then obviously the emphasis is then on a rookie left tackle, which you ideally don't want. But if you've got somebody like, you know, you don't want a rookie left tackle and Michael Dieter next to him. You know, you want a 26 year old Andrus Pete who's been an All Pro. You want a Joe Thune who's won Super Bowls. You know, has been a consistent star for the Patriots and has you know knows the system. You don't. You do not want a line that's got a rookie left tackle, a second-year player, Michael Dieter, who got benched for a street free agent, and a rookie centre in Tyler Bianash or Creed Humphrey or whatever. You don't want that at all. You need somebody in that of that threesome who is going to be, you know, a little bit experienced and actually knows what they're fucking doing. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, and it also is a complete shame that the Eagles have this this habit of pissing off their all-world center and then their all-world <laughs> right tackle and then making up with both of them by giving Exciting. them long-term extensions. Like, that just pisses me off. Like, if you're going to stay yeah. mad at a guy, stay mad at a guy so we could take him from you in the offseason. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I suspect the Dolphins will do a lot of trading as well. I don't, yes. I don't necessarily think they'll use all those picks on draft picks. I think they'll probably trade for, for some players as well. You know, they'll start moving around some, you know, some sort of, you know, yeah, backups who they think yeah. can develop in yeah, steal steal a little a little something from the Miami Heat playbook, which is look for the disgruntled star and just take him. You yeah. know, uh, I thought that Lane Johnson could have been that guy, but evidently they 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 solved all their problems. 
you know, in a pretty short short while and gave him an extension. So he's out. But yeah. who knows who else could be available? You never know. You never know. And Trent Williams is still floating out there this offseason. Yeah, Trent Williams. I mean, look, Trent Williams is out there. There's some interesting free agent tackles, you know. There's even interesting guys, you know, the kid at Philadelphia, Vita, who started in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He's, you know, he's played all over the line. There's the kid that we, you know, we sent 29 players down to the Bayou to try and sign Lyle Collins and ended mm-hmm. up not signing with us. He's a free agent. All sorts of, you know, the kid at, that, that's currently blocking Jack Conklin for, for, for Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Those guys are out there. You can easily see them move something for Trent Williams. Yes, you know, and and what's interesting about the Cowboys, especially, is that uh, it was rumored. Well, it wasn't rumored. It was at, it was flat out reported that they're cutting Byron Jones loose and mm. attempting to re-sign Lael Collins, which yeah. is interesting to say the least, because I think one guy has been better than the other. Uh, I think Lael but Collins look, is an average right tackle, maybe in the league. Yeah, let's say you give While up. Byron let's Jones say you is give kind up. of an elite corner. Yeah, let's say you give up a third and a fifth rounder for Trent Williams, mm. or a third and a fourth for Trent Williams. You have Trent, all of a sudden, Trent Williams, Joe Tooney, Tyler Biadash, Jesse Davis, and a right tackle that could be Lucas Niang of TCU. Or, do you know what I mean? Somebody, yeah. uh, all of a sudden, whoa, offensive line's kicking a little bit. Yeah, it's looking Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. that, that's better. Yeah, so, much better. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, guys, we've given you a pretty meaty episode. We're very forward-looking in this episode. All right? I promise we will have Chris later on this week. And then next week, we will have one show. So we're warning you ahead of time because, you know, it's the Christmas holiday. So we will have one show next week. We should have another one later on this week. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.